is 1.37 p.m. Stories of hustle and grind from the intersection of culture, style, music, and sports. Joey Fatone, welcome to the 1.37 p.m. podcast. I'm your host, Brian Anthony Hernandez, and you, of course, are a singer, actor, TV personality, father, former NSYNC member, and current host of the Game Show Network's new show called Common Knowledge. That's right. That's a mouthful. Good job. All right. We're good back. Job. We're back in Brooklyn where you grew up. How's yep. it feeling? Uh feels good, you know, except for the coldness. You know, I remember the cold. I do remember that. And it's a it's a bit chilly out, but it's uh it's always good to be back in New York and to be back in Brooklyn. Awesome. Well, we're glad you came back for this podcast. Um, congrats on the new show. Thank you. You you, of course, are no stranger to hosting uh shows family feud uh yep. singing bee oh yeah and it's, other it's things. one of those interesting things where thank goodness no one told me i sucked yet <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like hey you know what i don't know it's weird because once people i guess saw me when i did dance with the stars that kind of broke open uh, a whole new realm of different things i think because they saw my personality and saw me come out in a sense uh not like lance but um <laughs> it was interesting just to be like oh he's got a personality okay we like him and then it was like a question of like hey we'd love to do this game show and that was when i did the singing bee and i was like yeah i don't know if i'm really 100 percent. i hope to like dude we love your personality we, you know you're really good do you read prompt i'm like yeah so we just kind of did it and that's kind of how it opened up to my realm of hosting so I've been doing a whole bunch of other ones, and now I'm doing Common Knowledge, which I think is an awesome show, uh, great game show. You can't help but get sucked into it. It's kind of a show for all ages. Uh, it's two teams of three, and they get a chance to to uh, play some game, get some points, and then go to the bonus round where they can win a chance to win up to $10,000. That sounds fun. Yeah. Give me an example of some Common Knowledge that people um, have been getting wrong. Common Knowledge, one uh, is, uh, say, friends, you get a burn. How do you soothe it? Uh, do you either use an ice cube, honey, or um, what was it? Ice cube, honey, and butter. Oh. Yeah, ice cube, honey, or butter. That's what it was. I would initially go to an ice cube. But if you put the ice cube on too much, you won't feel that burn, and you can also do more damage to your skin. Oh. And butter would probably just melt the butter and make it nasty and sticky mm-hmm. in a sense. It won't really do much to it, but honey actually suits it. All right. It shows you what I knew. I didn't know that well, either. today I learned. <laughs> right? Here's another one. It's, it's a better one, too. Say everyone's a regular light bulb breaks off in the actual socket. How do you get it out? Do you use, uh, what was it? Um, well, I, I, I actually knew the answer. So I'm not going to give you multiple choice. Do you know the answer oh. at all? Think about it. Now, if it's broken, of course, it's in the socket. Yeah. The glass could be broken, obviously, in there, and you need to get it out. How do you get it out? Oh, I think I've seen a potato, there right? There you go. Potato. See? Right. People know. Yeah. That's exactly common knowledge. You guys just got to think about it a little bit. Take a second. Go, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And that's exactly it. You cut a potato in half. You stick it up in there. Unscrew it, and it should get in the grooves of the broken glass. I love that. Who knew, people? <laughs> Who knew? An educational show. So to celebrate, <laughs> I wanted to play a little bit of trivia with you. Sounds good. To see how much of your past you remember. I will probably fail, so let's do it. <laughs> All right, so trivia question one. True or false? Shaquille O'Neal helped in sync early on by letting the group record music inside his home in Orlando. Of course. You don't even have to say the whole thing. Yeah, we actually recorded in uh, his, his, his recording studio, which it was called Twism. Which meant, because he always had that for some reason, his, his record company or album or label or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was called Twism, which means the world is mine. And that's what his little record company thing was. And we went to his studio that he had there uh, in his house and recorded. Yeah. Recorded our first songs. Wow. Yeah. He was a musician himself, a rapper. Yeah. Um, did you guys ever <laughs> No, <collab? laughs> we were good with not rapping with him. Even though we love Shaq, don't get me wrong, but I think that would have been interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Trivia question two. Which 2018 Record of the Year Grammy nominee did you used to perform with before NSYNC? A, Bruno Mars, B, Luis Fonsi, or C, Kendrick Lamar? That would be Luis Fonsi. 
I uh, went and sang with him way back in the day in a group called The Big Guys with yeah. two of my other friends, Joel uh, Herman and so the guy Eric Garbus. We actually sang in high school since we were in ninth grade. We sang in an acapella group. We were going to be the new kind of boy band group, but obviously after high school, everybody went and did college and ran around. And literally right after I graduated high school, I joined NSYNC. So my uh, route took me somewhere else. And then Fonzie actually graduated college and then started doing music literally as I was starting to do stuff back in the States, I believe in about, I want to say it was like around 99, 2000. And he really didn't get a big jolt, even though he was touring and doing stuff until Despacito was like mm -hmm. his claim to American fame. But he's been traveling and touring for many years around the same time I was touring. Yeah, he's killing the game yeah, right now. He ain't messing around, that kid. <laughs> Trivia question three. When you were a contestant on Dancing with the Stars, which movie franchise theme song did you perform to for your tango dance? <laughs> that would be the Star Wars right. tango. There we go. That was a good tango. People, it was the funniest thing because I think all walks of life of geekdom, I would say, Watch Dancing with the Stars. Mm -hmm. They probably never would have watched it. And then literally StarWars.com called me up as well. And I did a whole kind of talking to them about it, about why I chose it. And the crazy thing about it, a little backstory about it in general is, and I didn't even know this until later on, is there is a 70s disco of the Star Wars, that song, the one that we that I performed. Mm -hmm. It's actually on a vinyl. And the vinyl, crazy thing about it was Harold Wheeler. That's right. He was our, our uh, accompaniment. He did the whole musical directing of the Dance with the Stars, but he also actually did that version okay so the version that i did it to was his version the guy that i was actually the musical director for dancing with the stars which was completely random oh, wow. and very weird because i actually bought the vinyl and it said harold wheeler on it which was crazy so that was kind of interesting to see yeah it's interesting he did. didn't mention it during during no, the taping he, you or know anything. he's the, you know now they have a new obviously back then they had harold now they have mm -hmm. somebody else but it was interesting to see that and I, i'm not sure it might have been mentioned briefly i think tom bergeron might have mentioned it briefly but yeah we did the star wars tango it became this weird interesting thing because i think it was like the first time they ever used a music and a movie soundtrack especially iconic as star wars and they thought that they were going to get sued and i actually got the okay from it before i think disney bought abc <laughs> Nice. Are you still putting your dance moves uh, to use? Oh, hell no. Um, <laughs> I haven't done that in a while, but sometimes Dance with Stars does suck me back in to do things here and there. Uh, I literally just last season uh, with, um, uh, with Dukes of Hazard and uh, what's his face? Oh, my gosh. Uh, John Snyder and I, uh, we did a, a dance with Emma, who was our, mm -hmm. uh, our our professional dancer, and we did a trio. Yeah. So I literally got sucked back in last season to do something, which was interesting. Uh, I was very sore because I haven't danced in a while. <laughs> Would you go back for an extra All-Star season? I don't know. That's tough, man. It's just... For me, I would just more have fun and wouldn't really care about who wins yeah. or loses at that time because that would be the third time I'd be in the competition because we did uh, season four back in the day. There was an all-star season that I did. I think it was, I don't know if it was 13 to season 13 or 14. And if they do another one and suck me back in, I think I'd just have fun doing it and just not care about it in a sense because it's fun. It's fun. I think, yeah, you have fun. People have fun watching you. So back to the, the game show, mm -hmm. Common Knowledge. How did they the game show network approach you for it they uh gave me a call the craziest thing is i was actually i was flying from one city to another and i had a layover and i got a call about saying hey you know game show network uh, has this new game show they were interested in possibly having you be a host and i was like okay i got on the phone with them literally talked to them uh when i was at the airport and i said hey you know this i love you know i love game shows i love this love that they told me the premise about it i said i loved it i think it was a great idea and i guess obviously with my personality and the stuff that i've done they they call me back within the the flight that I took, the connection and the land, 
they called me up and said, Hey, we'd love for you to be a part of this show. And we start rehearsals in like two weeks. And I was like, okay. And we had a one week rehearsal to kind of hash out the points and figure out everything. It was really cool because I was there during the whole process of when it actually really was really, really beginning. I mean, they've done some testing, but a lot of the points and stuff were not hundred percent. The rounds we didn't know much about as far as how long it would take, or we do four rounds or three or, and it was really cool to see that whole process. And now, Obviously, we we shot uh, 65 episodes in about three weeks, which was a lot. Um, But just like any game show, that's what they kind of do. They bang them out because they are weekdays. So, yeah, it's uh, Monday through Friday. You'll see my ugly mug on uh, on Game Show Network for Common Knowledge. Awesome. And it just premiered this week. So 65 episodes over the course of when? when... From now until, let's try to do the math in my head, which I cannot, probably May. We're going to see a lot of your face. Yes, you're going to see a lot of me. Yes. But again, it's those things where it's just kind of fun. It's kind of fun to do. I don't think I've ever been on a weekly game show, I don't think, as far as a show is concerned. Because usually if I did like Singing Bee and a couple of shows, it's usually once a week. you know. And this is kind of cool and kind of fun because, yeah, you're going to see me Monday through Friday. And it's a, it goes by fast. It literally does. Like watching the 30-minute show, it flies by. really does. Well, I'm excited to watch more of it. Um, another show I've been watching a lot is The Masked Singer. <laughs> I've been hearing a and lot about that. And there are a lot of rumors that you're the bunny. Yes, I'm not. Uh, it's pretty funny. I got a, My Twitter was blowing up. I, I Obviously, like I said, I've been doing promotion and stuff for this for Common Knowledge. And I even shot Common Knowledge probably around the same time mm-hmm. they did that show. So that's why I was just like, hmm, how can I be at two places at once? <laughs> that's really tough to do something like that. And obviously people maybe don't even know that, yeah, things are pre-taped, but I don't even know when they shot that show. So if it was around the same time, then obviously I was shooting this show and now I'm doing promotion for it. So I have no idea. But I heard, yeah, there's a peacock. There's like Mm. a, I don't know, is there a dragon or something? Or I don't know, a monster, a unicorn. And literally I saw videos of it. It looks fun. Yeah. And I even said, I said, I want to be a judge on it. I think that'd be (laughs) kind of fun to do that. So if there's a second season, people, whoever's doing the mass Singer, I want to be a judge. So you watched the bunny performance of Living La Vida Loca then, right? I did. I did watch yeah. it. Yeah, because, again, it was all on my Twitter. Nice. <laughs> I was like, what is this? So just to entertain us and our listeners, can sure. you just say Living La Vida Loca or maybe Living La Vida Loca. Awesome. While we're on music, the Grammys are approaching. Mm-hmm. Are you rooting for anyone in particular? Um, I don't honestly don't even know who's nominated this year, to be totally honest. Uh, it, it has been, for me, like I said, my main focus has been hosting stuff right now. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really been in the game as far as what's out there nomination wise but if you do know please tell me because i know obviously for me i'm a huge fan of bruno obviously for bruno mars i'm always been a huge fan i know lady gaga obviously did her her new uh soundtrack from the movie so i'm sure that's going to get a lot of buzz i'm sure one of the big nominees is post malone yep uh, Malone, of course, rhymes with Fatone. And yeah. so last year, this meme was going around. Remind everyone what I, that was. I made a joke about it. Me and my brother, I, I kept seeing this thing, and it said, you know, post Malone, post Malone. And I and I even said, maybe we could do like a post Fatone is what I said. <laughs> and I said something like that to that nature, or like Joey Fatone. And I even told my brother, I said, do the tattoos on my neck, because he's really good <laughs> with Photoshop, obviously. So he came up with the whole thing of like post Fatone and then post Malone. So I thought it was really funny and it was just fun. It's just funny to do. Why not? Yeah, the meme I saw floating around was pre-Fatone and post-Fatone. post-fatone. <laughs> that's what it is. That's what it is. Pre-Fatone and post-Fatone. That's that's my brother's humor on that because I even said, and that's kind of how the idea, I was like, do like a post-Fatone or something like yeah. that to make it fun and then there you have it. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's always funny how you never know if those things are going to blow up or not and then sometimes they do. It's really funny. Did Post ever react he never, to it? No, he never reacted to it. Never said anything. I don't think I ever heard him. The one funny random thing ever, too, was one time I got a tweet. Uh, it was with, um, oh, God. Uh, where's the hat with the three on it? Rapper. Oh, Chance. Thank you, Chance the Rapper. He tweeted one time. He's like, my first album I ever bought was uh, 
I think he said no strings attached. And then he then he tagged me on it. Just said at Joey Fatone. I was kind of like, that's random. <laughs> I've never met him before. Never yeah. met never met Chance before. Troy's a great guy. It was just really funny. It was just odd. I was like, hey, thanks for that. Because I guess they were talking about what's your first CD you ever bought or something. Yeah. And he chimed in and said no strings attached. Wow. That makes me feel old. <laughs> well, I owned your first one, the the debut one. Awesome. Um, I was such a nerd growing up that I used to listen to it while building mystery puzzles. Ain't nothing wrong Do with that. Do you remember those? Yes, of course, of course. <laughs> So, That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, sailing is one Bringing of my back. favorite NSYNC songs. It's awesome, just so beautiful. The Thank cover, you. Cover, of course, but, Christopher Cross. Right, yeah. Christopher Cross. We did our own little rendition of it, and we actually performed with him years ago when we first when that album came out mm -hmm. on the Blockbuster Blockbuster Awards when they had the Blockbuster oh, Awards. Wow. That is not around anymore. Yeah, <laughs> think about how long now. I'm dating myself here, but uh, NSYNC and Christopher Cross. Yeah, we sang a version together, which was really cool. And during that area, NSYNC was nominated for eight Grammys over the course of four years. Um, oh, so just so. <laughs> no wins I'm upset about no that wins scene. the one we thought we were gonna win we lost to Steely Dan mm. Steely Dan was that uh, for record of the year that was like for, yeah I think it was for album or single or something I think mm. it was album might have been album yeah. but the funny part about it is, is we obviously were so busy with our career and doing everything we I, of course we were like who's and we know who they are but in the sense of like when did they come out with an album again at that time yeah because nobody heard anything and I guess maybe it's the older generation of them voting for Grammys. I guess I don't know. Oh, this was 2002 yeah. because it was Girlfriend. You guys were not yeah. for Girlfriend. And then Steeliana ended up beating Eminem too he for album. Beat of the every, year. Yeah, yeah. He, they beat everybody. And it was like, it was one of those things of like, obviously, because Eminem and ourselves are more pop culture, mm -hmm. I would say. And obviously, the more of, I guess, adult contemporary per se, I think was maybe more Steely Dan. And obviously, a bigger, bigger crowd saw it than we did. So we were like, what? <laughs> Steely Dan. But hey, more power to him. It's all good. We yeah. got nominated. And it's always good to be nominated. <laughs> Just cross BS. his eyes. <laughs> bunch of BS. What were some of your favorite NSYNC songs looking back now? Gosh, um, you know, the cool thing about it is, is when we first started, you know, we we kind of wanted to get our vocals tight in a sense. And we always wanted to make it obviously a, a five-part harmony kind of thing. And there was a woman by the name of Robin Wiley who actually used to work at the Mickey Mouse Club uh, as a vocal coach. But she's also an arranger. And she's also a writer and she lived out in Nashville. And we kind of got her through, of course, Justin and JC from when they shot the Mickey Mouse Club. And she it's it sucks because she passed due to cancer. But um, she was an amazing writer, amazing arranger. The first time that we ever learned the Star Spangled Banner, she actually wrote the arrangement on a music sheet paper on the plane on the way to Florida. Mind you, she was in Nashville. It's not a long flight. So she did all five parts on the plane, kind of drew it up. She's like, here, I just did this in the plane. We were like, what? And it was unbelievable. And then she wrote a song called I Thought She Knew and she changed it to I Thought I Thought He Knew it was called, but then she changed it to I Thought She Knew and we we did that song. And it never made it. We always wanted it on the first album, but it became on the second album after when we released that. So she was our our kind of our rock and kind of our our voice in a sense of how to make the in-sync sound. That was our sound. What she did as far as with the chords mm -hmm. are unbelievable. You know, coming up with these augmented, diminished color chords were just unbelievable for her to do. And it just, just a, some of the notes were horrible for me because they're clashing with everybody else. And I was always trying to make sure I was like, all right, don't, don't sing in my ear. I need to focus because it's hard. It's not, yeah. it's not easy to keep those, 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 those clashing notes, chords, right? you know, exactly those clashing chords. And it was just a blast. It's just crazy. Like, like I said, like I thought she knew it was probably one of the most, for me, meaningful. Uh, it was one of the first acapella songs we learned really. 
Same thing with like, I want you back. I want you back was the first one that we ever recorded with Max Martin and Dennis Pop, mm -hmm. you know, the late Dennis Pop, which he's the guru of, you know, doing the uh, Cotton Eye Joe and Ace of Bass. And then it just grew into, you know, working with Britney Spears, working with us. And when he passed, he led that legacy on who was the apprentice, which was Max Martin, who uh, Max Martin is now the on writer every of everything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's worked with everyone. And you know what? He just, he knows the formula. He knows how to, to do that. He knows where to to kind of hit home per se. And, uh, you know, in those songs, I Want You Back was the first song we recorded uh, with him. And it was the first song, you know, that ever made it to the radio and made it on the charts. We were like, oh my God, it's great. So that was another song that really kind of meant to me. Nice. Thanks for sharing those. Those were beautiful stories. No problem. And you mentioned Bruno Mars earlier, of one of the artists you're currently listening to. Mm -hmm. Who are some other ones that are impressing you right now? Um, oh gosh, what else is out there now? I gotta think because I've been listening to old school stuff right now. Oh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, that whole new wave, of course, of Bohemian Rhapsody. The mm -hmm. movie came out, and people were like, Oh my god, this music is amazing! It's like, Where have you been? <laughs> but it's a new generation, yeah. so I get it, you know, and that's the, that's the thing that's always interesting about especially even boy bands and stuff that we've been doing now that there's all these the K pop and and all these other uh, in real life band. The cool thing about it is, is when those are introduced, and it's like the parents are like, Well, those are you, that's your generation. Listen to our generation. Yeah. And these kids are learning Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Spice Girls. And now everybody's going back out on tour. You got Spice Girls going back on tour. You got mm -hmm. Backstreet going back on tour. Yeah, you know, it's always that question of when NSYNC is getting yeah, back so. together. Good luck. <laughs> uh, obviously, five guys, five different things. Everybody's doing their own thing. Uh, the hardest part, of course, with Justin, though, is he is in the music industry. He mm -hmm. is still doing music. So I'm sure for him, it sounds so funny doing this and saying this. It might even be a conflict of interest. For him to do in sync and then and then and then his own stuff. Yeah. But again, you know, people people want to see the performance again. People are always, when is that ever going to happen? So I say never say never. You never know what's going to happen in that sense. But uh, you know, as of right now, it's probably not at the moment. But mm -hmm. you never know. Yeah, all five of you still have a lot of life to live. So there's a lot. Yeah, I mean, a few of us Fingers are getting crossed. older. <laughs> a few of us, a few of us are getting older. You know, we got one that's that's. One that's pushing to 50. You know, you got Chris who's, who's, who's getting up there. Uh, me and myself, you know, me and JC actually are, are turning uh, 42. Both of us. We're pretty much a couple months apart. Mm -hmm. Lance, uh, obviously, is down the line. Then you have Justin, yeah. you know, who's not even 40 yet. Gosh. Wow. Even Lance, yeah, Lance is what, 38, I think now is what it is, I believe. So it's crazy. You're enjoying fatherhood. You're, uh, you have two daughters. Yep, two girls. Uh, one's 17. The other one is nine. Uh, my little one just turned nine, literally about a, last week. And uh, it's interesting. You know, it's such a dynamic. They're like nine, uh, ten years apart, basically. And watching my older one graduate high school right now and going to college, you know, picking colleges is so crazy to me. Because I still feel like I'm 12. I still feel like <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, a kid at heart in that kind of sense. And my little one, she's awesome. Chloe is great. She's nine. She's on the spectrum of autism. Uh, it's it's interesting. It's always a little bit of a challenge to, to help with her. But again... You know, we're trying to get the 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 classes and things to kind of help her move along, and mm -hmm. she's been doing really really well. So it's been great. It's been fun. She's she's nuts. I love her. Uh, she's more of the entertainment I think person than my older one. My older one is like into forensic pathology, and she's archery and stuff, which is kind of crazy. Oh wow! So she's been doing that now. So it's been cool. Do you ever catch them listening to your music? Um, every once in a while, especially like if I'm around and sometimes her friends are, they'll make the joke and be like, <laughs> "Play your dad's music." <laughs> Uh, but it's really funny because we went to an archery event one time and we were in Vegas and we were in this big limo, one of those big like uh, you know sprinters or whatever. Mm -hmm. And as we're driving, 
they had a, a phone, so somebody put it in. And first it was a joke in a sense, but then obviously it all became like all of them were dancing and like, hey, you know, it was cool. It was funny. Because I was like, oh, dad. Well, you know, my daughter's was like, you're such a dork, dad. But of course, when I get tickets to go see, you know, mm -hmm. back in the day to Jonas Brothers and go see a meet and greet, I'm not a dork anymore. I'm cool for my kids. So it's always funny to see them look at me because it's like it's weird it's just the same thing i think of my dad you know when i see my dad singing i'm like ah you're a dark dad <laughs> and then for me it's the same thing but it's weird because obviously you know i was in a group and toured the world and now i'm just dad which i always tell my little one my dad my little one's always like oh you're a rock star dad i'm like no i'm just dad that's what i am have either of them jumped on the new boy band phases like bts no or? it's so weird they've never really got into it even even my younger one my older one i should say I think the last kind of boy band was was the Jonas Brothers. Was the last thing she kind of was into. Now she's into everything. You know, she listens to everything. So my little one is interested in the music, but not so like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm boy crazy or something. Yeah. Thank goodness. I think I taught them well <laughs> on that, on how to how to go the ways of the the boy banders. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You mentioned Bohemian Rhapsody earlier, uh, the movie, and Rami Malek gives a great performance. Awesome. Um, if you had a biopic made about your life, who who would play you? Gosh, wait, is it is it younger me or older me? <laughs> Let's do both. <laughs> um, old younger me. Oh gosh, I would have no idea who would look like me or any sort of look. The only person I could think of, but he's too darn tall right now, uh, and just just young wise because he has a long neck, <laughs> is Milo. He was on Dancing with the Stars recently. He's a kid. He's a Disney uh, Channel kid. But I don't know anybody else that has the face like me. David Schwimmer back in the day, maybe. Ooh, all right. And then my older one would be one of the Baldwin brothers would probably have to play me older. Alec is older than me. They're actually, I think all of them are older than me. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. That's tough. Maybe uh, Tim Tebow. I don't know. <laughs> you should try that that Pop Sugar app where it, 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 you, you take your photo. I know another person that could play me and I did do it. That's okay. why. Lin-Manuel. Yeah. There's another one. Lin-Manuel popped up on my thing, which is hilarious. Yeah, there it is. There's Lin-Manuel was one, 82%. Then it was also Tom and Ian Nicholas. Yep. Uh, he was a kid from uh, American Pie. And then Chris O'Dowd, I guess. Oh, it's a good comedian. English yeah. kind of guy, good comedian. Yeah, I took the picture and that's, that's what it was. Yeah. So Those I, are the people that came up. I did it like five times. I got Trevor Noah each time. Really? Yeah. I see it. I see yeah. it. Yeah, I do. I see it's funny because I usually, growing up, got like Bruno or right. Enrique or <laughs> that guy from the '70s show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wilmer. Yeah. Wilmer Valderrama. Oh yeah, that's funny. And all these people. It's funny that the celebrities are trying to do it too to see who they are. It's like, no, nope, didn't even look like me. Great. That's surprising. You didn't get yourself. <laughs> I didn't. I tried it like three times. That's what popped up. Seriously. I guess I'm not me. I don't look like me. What the hell? A lot of the people listening are um, entrepreneurs, businessmen, aspiring entrepreneurs. Um, you're a multi-hyphenate who's dabbled in a lot of industries, mm -hmm. including business. Um, you had a hot dog joint at one yep. point. Still do, still yeah. do. Actually, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those it's one of those learning curves. You know, you you always for people, especially when people always see celebrities, they'll be like, "Well, why are they doing that? Or what's the reason they're getting that? They're not. They don't know anything about that. You know, clothing or whatever. They don't know anything about food or. And I've done a lot of cooking shows, but I think for me, it's it was more or less of 
my background in, in, in New York and in Brooklyn, it all really started. It's either, you know, I was either going to do pizza or hot dogs just because you go to Coney Island, you go down the street, you go to Nathan's, you get a hot dog. You go in Brooklyn when I'm walking around in Bensonhurst, I go to Spumoni Gardens and get a slice of L&B pizza. So my thing is I wanted to kind of bring that New York vibe or that Brooklyn kind of idea with a hot dog. And the first, first thing where it came up, believe it or not, is, is I was in Chicago for Lollapalooza and I saw this company called Chubby Wieners. And it's a hot dog place. It's a friend of a friend. Uh, uh, her husband owns this company. So I said, hey, I'd love to talk to you about it. I'd love to maybe franchise. I think it's a great concept. Always want to do a hot dog joint or a pizza joint. But these are the places, this is the idea. This is kind of like the concept. I love it. And he was like coming up too high on the price. And again, I didn't know much about that kind of stuff. I didn't know anything. So of course, what you do is you ask the people that you do know that do know that business. So a buddy of mine, this guy, Chad, who works in Orlando, has opened up a bunch of restaurants in Orlando, Florida, been very successful with that. And I asked him, how much the price is a hot dogs? What's this? What's that? And literally he broke it down for me and explained to me, obviously he's coming up too high on the price. He's, you know, being the middleman, he's going to charge you more money. Mm -hmm. You want to go around and do wholesale, go to the wholesale, go directly to the company, talk to them about it. So went to GFS, went to, uh, to the company, talked to them about it, sat down with them, came up with all the different flavors as far as the hot dogs. We tried every hot dog from fillers to 100% beef to black Angus to uh, chicken dogs to vegan dogs. We tried everything. So again, we start the process like that and, and how it happened though to find that literally I went, when the guy said it was coming too high on the price though yep. for Chubby Wieners, I looked at my manager Joe and I said, hey, the guy's coming too high on the price. He said, screw it. Why don't you just call it Fat Ones and we'll do it ourselves. So I literally went, okay, how do we do that? And that's kind of how it went rolling though with going to going to GFS, going to them, then mm -hmm. picking out the idea of what, what it's going to look like. What's the, 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 the logo? What are we going to do? What kind of flavors and ideas that we're going to have on these hot dogs? We were like, well, let's cut them down the middle and butterfly them for a little bit. See if that works. Do like a Reuben or a Cuban and put it in a hot dog. Literally just coming up with different ideas, taste them and going, that's great. We actually had it out in the Florida mall for about a year. And again, mm -hmm. Businesses don't always go 100% as well, and that's always happens. We were doing fairly well, even though my name was on it, and yeah, we were promoting it, but the quality's got to be there. The food's got to be there, and it was. The hard part about it is we were in a Florida mall. We were in a kiosk, which was a 275-square-foot kiosk, and the rent was astronomical. We were breaking even, basically. We were, uh, I think the rent was about 13000 a month. And we were breaking even, just selling hot dogs and Italian ices. That's it. So we left the Florida mall, thought about what we were going to do with that. Let's figure it out. We bought a food truck. Thought a food truck would be great. Again, I know nothing about food trucks. Yeah. Not a damn clue. So got some people involved, kind of talked with them. Trial and error. Same thing happened, though. We bought this Mac Daddy food truck. Realized that we shouldn't have bought the Mac Daddy food truck because when you look at all the other food trucks out there, eh, a little bit smaller and they're more sufficient and they're more, obviously, we always think bigger is better. That's not the case. And we kind of backtracked even a little bit and went, okay, let's figure out what we really want to do with this. And let's not go too crazy. Let's take our time. And that's what I'm doing right now. We have a food truck out there. We actually uh, combined with uh, another food truck brand called Smack, which is a, a mac and cheese uh, food truck. They wanted another brand. We talked to them. Obviously, they love the Fat One brand. We came up with more other ideas and stuff like that. So we have like one. Everything is based upon like my history and my life. Yeah. So I have a hot dog called the Angelo from my big fat Greek wedding. I have one called the the Bensonhurst. I have one called the Big Guys actually. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the one that we have called the Angelo is actually really good. It's a bacon whiskey infused jam that we use on top of the hot dog, which is unbelievable. Wow. Um, and it's really really good. It's it's just it's just cool to come up with these creations. And so right now we're out in Orlando. We just have the food truck. 
Is it We're slowly... central location or is it mobile? It's, it, it mobile? No, it's mobile. It's definitely mobile. But we, we bounce around from the areas of like Claremont, I think, to Tampa, to even a little bit more further down south. Uh, we haven't really touched West Palm yet. But like I said, we really, for me, I really don't want to franchise and just blow it up just because mm-hmm. of my name and what I do. That's not what I'm in it at all. I'm not in it for, for the, the quick buck. I'm in it for the long haul. Yeah. You know, and me and my manager, we put our money in it. It wasn't like, and a lot of times people always say, when you're doing a business, don't put your own money into it. But you know what? It's my name. It's my brand. It's something I believe in. It's something that I definitely want to succeed with. And we're not going crazy with it. We're taking our time with it. We're literally, like I said, we still have just one truck. People are like, we need to go here. We'd love to go here. We'd love to be there. And I think the beautiful thing about the marketing for me, which was nice, is we had a lot of outlets that you can't buy with marketing dollars. We were on Diners, Drives, and Dives with Guy Fieri, you know, him yep. tasting the hot dog. We were on Impractical Jokers, you know, I had friends of mine that came out there and they we did skits on there. We also had Wahlburgers, Donnie Wahlburger came to my place and then tried my hot dog and then I went to his place and tried the hamburger. So it was a cool cross promotional thing. Oh, yeah. And all these people were like, well, where are these hot dogs? I'd love to get them. We even went to HSN, we went to Home Shopping mm-hmm. Network and even sold the hot dogs there just to get a buzz. Had nothing to do with the price. I wasn't caring how many I sold. It was more of the buzz. And that's the kind of thing that you have to get out there with. And it's about finding that strategic place in order to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, from that entrepreneur, obviously hands on, I could speak fully on it because some people are always like, Yeah, I opened up a restaurant. You know anything about it? No. The hot dogs are great. Yeah. That's not that's not the case. You, you can ask a me very, a lot of stuff. Yeah, you took a very strategic approach, found mentors, people in the business who knew what they were doing. Of and course. I think that's very important. Don't just like <laughs> oh, yeah. rely on your your celebrity name. Yeah, you can't rely on it because there's there's so many people that I've seen. I mean, prime example, there was one company that that I've seen, uh, Toby Keith, a uh, country artist, mm-hmm. had this huge restaurant that he opened up in Orlando. Obviously, he just tacked his name to it. He really didn't know much about it. They had a whole bunch of people, this big restaurant, had this big guitar bar. And literally months later, the whole company that did it just shut down. I'm not sure what the, I can't remember what the company was. And they wanted me to buy the restaurant, the place. The place was so big. I looked at it and I'm like, I could have a club here, but this ain't going to help me. This is something, you know, when you think about stuff like that and people get that, they're literally handing you this club for like pennies. But again, where's the location? Yep. Are there people traffic going there? Is this a destination location or are people always going around this area? It's those things you have to keep in the factor, you know? So that's where we're, again, with the food truck, we're strategically figuring out what's the best place and hopefully opening up a small little store like that or keep doing the food truck. We don't know yet. Do you think it'd work in... New York near Nathan's. <laughs> That's tough. That's a tough call. You know, you're you're going up a big competitor that yeah. that they're out everywhere. I mean, uh, you know, with us, you know, for them, they they come up with a, a great hot dog with a great snap. They keep it very simple though. You know, they're doing the chili cheese dog. They do a cheese dog. They do this. We're coming up with other creations as well. And we're not like a ooh gourmet. I mean, we are. We want to make sure that we do Angus beef is what we do. Usually it's 100% beef because I learned that when you eat it, especially at a dog, you know, a hot dog, you're at a game or somewhere, you got that repeat effect. You're burping it up hours yeah. later and tasting it. I literally sat down and ate a bunch of hot dogs and just the hot dog itself. No bun, no nothing. Obviously onions you add on, of course you're going to burp. But I wanted to make sure you did not have that burp effect when you eat the hot dog. And what I've learned for me, I guess, I don't know, it could be anybody else. With 100% beef or an Angus beef hot dog, you don't get that burp. Mm. <laughs> How funny is that? How dumb was that? My, <laughs> even my manager was like, what are you doing? It's like, eat the whole hot dog. I was like, no, I'm tasting just the hot dog. I want to know what it tastes like. And I want to know if it has that burp repeat effect. You got to work that into a common knowledge question. right? <laughs> <laughs> hot dog burp. <laughs> I wish I could do research, make sure it's 100% correct and accurate. Yeah. Are you hopping onto any of the the like the healthy food crazes with your, your hot dogs? You know, it's um the funniest thing too is literally the minute I launched and saying I it wasn't even open. We didn't even come up with the with the stuff yet. 
<laughs> I got a I got an email from PETA literally saying we would love for you to have a vegan dog. We know that people have a certain mm -hmm. lifestyle and they were politically correct. They didn't like, they weren't shaming or saying anything. They were just like, you know, it'd be great to have a vegan option. And I even said, I wrote them back and said, you know, we'd love to have one. We're just, we're, we're in the testing stage. We still even, we still even have a store yet. We didn't even have it at the mall and nothing. So uh, we do have a vegan dog. We did come out with a vegan dog and we just had it literally at one of the places in Claremont in Florida and we sold out of them. And it was funny because somebody was like, where's a vegan dog? I said, well, we had one, but it sold out today because of course you only have a certain yeah. amount on the truck. But yeah, we, we've really been trying to do some sort of healthy option or having gluten-free buns and stuff like that because now we know a lot of people are more sensitive to it. But it's hard. It is very hard because you know if people are aspiring to, to in restaurants and stuff like that, a lot of times you try to cater to everyone. But when you do that, you shoot yourself in the foot because you're not honing in on what, not to say so much of what you like, but what your brand is and what you're doing. So yeah, again, for me, I'd love to have a vegan dog, but of course I want to definitely taste it. We have this one, like, like I said, it's great, but people are now like, oh, maybe you should do burgers, you should do this. It's like, slow down. Let us perfect this yeah. first. I don't want to rush it. I don't want to go crazy with it. I'm going to take my time. So when in 10 years or 20 years, my kids can take over that company and, 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 and be secure and stuff like that and learn about that business as well. You know, I'm not going to just give them a company. They'll be out of your mind. But, you know, learn about that kind of business. Maybe if that's something that they want to do. Because even my daughter, my daughter hates hot dogs. My other one, can't stand them. The best funny thing is always like, oh, you like your daddy's hot dogs? It's like, no, don't like them. <laughs> she doesn't like hot dogs, period. My little one loves them, but my older one doesn't. But if that's something maybe as far as marketing and business and stuff, that's something for her to maybe get into just to take a look and a gander to maybe learn from it. Yeah. You mentioned um, Impractical Jokers. Yep. Our head of podcast, Cal, right there, is a big fan. Um, are you going to be you. participating more in it? And um, you know, they 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 do their own thing, but the the wonderful thing about it is, is they kind of it was it's interesting because it was one of those things where they were just starting up and coming. They were getting really popular as I actually when I shot with them. And long story short, it was like on Twitter how we became friends. They were on a podcast talking about Superman symbols, Sal and Cure. And then it went from, you know, Shaquille O'Neal has a Superman symbol tattoo. Brian does, Quinn has a tattoo. And then I do too. I have a Superman tattoo. So when this whole conversation on the podcast, people started tweeting me and saying, hey, the guys are talking about you. And I've seen the show. So I was like, what are these guys talking about me? We started talking to each other. I was in New York uh, around Thanksgiving a couple of years ago. I went to see it. My daughter's a huge fan. We went and saw them taping. We're standing there at the Carnegie Deli upstairs with a TV monitor. Two minutes later, Q goes up to me. He's like, hey, you want to go on the floor and do it? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, We'll put you in. We'll put your ear. You go in for me. I said, all right, let's do it. Went and did it. And that's kind of how it really came about. Whoa. And it was a trickle effect. Me being from Brooklyn, they're from Staten Island. We have a lot in common. Our families kind of grew up very similar in that sense. And we just had a great rapport with each other. And lo and behold, they came up with this idea for a show called An After Party, which is a wrap-up party for uh, for their show. When they do it, you know, when they air a new episode, we talk about it and say how the ins and outs of it. Now we're in season, what, three, I believe. Season three. We start shooting uh, in February. We do about eight eight or nine episodes. Not as many as the guys do because the hardest part is, is to get them to come to do the show that I'm doing. Yeah. But let alone, they're literally shooting their show at the same time. They're doing season eight. I'm doing my third season. And it's uh, they have a movie coming out. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when, but uh, you might see me in that little movie a little bit at one point. And also the cruise is coming up in February. So we got a cruise before we shoot yeah. uh, after party. So there's a lot of stuff that Impractical Jokers do that thank you guys for, for, for making up a job for me and now getting yeah. paid. So I appreciate that. Wait, what's that movie? Uh, it's an Impractical Jokers movie. 
they're huh. they're coming out with a movie. Um, I'm not exactly sure of all of the details, but I will say the cool thing about it is, is they do do a a scripted area and scenario as far as to get them the places, but the places that they go to, it's all the hidden camera like their show. And I'm sure these are some of the things that you will not be able to see on the TV show that they can get away with with the film. And there's one that they've told me that I cannot say at all, but I will say it left Murr, I think, in tears. And he showed me pictures of it. And I was, I was embarrassed for him because <laughs> you know, obviously, they embarrass each other. Yeah. So this one took it to another level for him. I will say that. All right. <laughs> All right. We have to wrap up soon, but I wanted to talk a little bit more about you as a businessman. Mm -hmm. um, if you could open or create anything else, what would you want to do? Maybe like parlay the game show into board games or? Yeah, I mean, I, you know what? They they've done that before. Meaning, like I did the Singing Bee show, and they 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 brought it into a board game. I think that would be awesome to do something like that. That's something we have to talk about with the with Game Show Network doing a common knowledge board game, which would be amazing. Um, I'd love to do more content, more game shows, you know, maybe come up with them, not say much for me to host them, but mm -hmm. I love game shows. I've come up with a few other ones like that in the past, as far as like, of course, there's so many singing ones out there, but you know, there's, there's always room for more, yeah. you know, they, they first said, you know, the voice would never make it and look at the voice now it's doing great. So it's those kind of things where, you know, you're always evolving, always having fun. And again, I think the funny part about it is, is too, is for people that are an entrepreneur or they want to, you know, they're aiming so high, start simple. Start out small. Build that up, man. I, people always want that quick buck. I know that always a lot of people say that. And, and listen, of course, for Gary V is always yep. it's the same thing. It's not going to happen overnight. It doesn't. You know, there are times that people do get lucky and it does happen rapidly. But there's always that dream. There's always that chance. And it's just getting your your foot with the right people, the right timing, I think. Because you, you always see people, you know, people that pitch TV shows. They pitch the same shows over and over again until one day it just hits on one of them or an old one that they never thought was ever going to happen. They're like, well, I have this idea. They're like, oh, my God, it's great. Because like common knowledge, it's very simple. It's common questions that everybody should know. You know, simple things like who's on a $50 bill. Do you know mm -hmm. that? Jackson? Nope. Just made that up. Is it Grant? There you go. All right. Grant. A lot of people don't know. And again, not that you're okay, oh, I have $50 bills everywhere. No, but I mean, <laughs> once in your life, you do see money rolling around. And sometimes the higher denominator sometimes is weird. Exact same thing with the yeah. light bulb. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although that light bulb thing always confused me. I was like, if the potato is moist, could you like get hurt? Yeah, well, you cut it in half and then you're supposed to shut the electric off. Oh, got it. So you knew that. I'm very <laughs> proud of you. Awesome. Well, it's been so exciting watching your evolution over the decades. Thank you. Thank um, you. I appreciate it. Yeah. There's more to for, come. <laughs> yeah. Excited for that, too. So thanks for stopping by 1.37 p.m. No problem. This is 1.37 p.m. Own your future. Start this minute. 1.37 p.m. is a Gallery Media Group original production.